is ma- I do not doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. It, oh. it's, yeah, you are a hundred percent a believer. Put your hands together, everybody, for Brady Pearson. Oh my God! Hi, everybody. How are you doing? You too. Hi. How are you two doing? It's very excited to have you two here. I I know Lauren. Lauren is the famed creator of um, Giraffe Corner, a multi-platinum famous little show on YouTube. We should all talk about that. But thank you two for being here. Now, does um, I have a question? Does anybody? Okay. Do you see my shirt? What does it say? Like I drag Stanford's eyes. Does anybody here speak homosexual? Because that's what that means. Is that not normal? Okay. Does anybody here speak heterosexual? Because I have some questions for you. If we, I just want us all to get along. Okay. So earlier today we heard this comedian talk about being an alpha male. Are any are there any alpha males in this room? Keith, that doesn't count. She has more balls than all of us. So there's, so there's an alpha. Are, are you a beta then? We don't even know. Are you guys? Are you straight? Can I ask? I mean, like, you're, both, you're straight, both of you. Oh, okay. Well, that, we'll see about that after the show. I mean, I can work on that. Um, but yeah, so I was thinking, okay, so alpha and alpha and beta. So one is the more dominant. Is that what it is? Can you help me understand? Is that what it is, Keith? And so beta is more like a bitch, like something like you can put down the beta, right? Okay, so I just want you all to know that like we speak the same terms. I want to give you some gay speak today. We call that, stay with me now, top and bottom. So right, so now if you're a beta, it means I can come and fuck you. Oh damn it, that didn't come off as crap, but I can still do it. Right, I mean, you're not as excited about that as I am, okay. All right, that's fine. Started doing comedy a little later in life and uh, just turned 50 odd and it's really exciting. I have to say that because nothing thrills me more than having 30 year old comics coming up to me and going, or speaking like, oh my God. I just turned 30. 30. No one else has ever turned 30 before in their lives. They have no idea how it's done. There haven't been novels or written or even a shitty boomer show called 30 fucking something. You have a fucking rule book, you dumb cunts. I am so old that I have probably swallowed your siblings. Your dad was great. He really was, and you're welcome. I mean, you didn't want that inner sibling rivalry, did you? No. I am doing service to God and the children. This is what I tell myself when I'm sucking cock late at night. Speaking of sucking a lot of cock, I've been sucking cock for so long, it begs the existential question of like, how many miles of cock have I sucked? Like, I mean, the average cock is what, are you six? Maybe, a turn. Ah, that's not going much anywhere, so. Oh, it is, and math is hard. I'm Barbie. Math is hard. And if it's hard, you know I love it. Um, <laughs> but I'm leaving you with a little song about the boys' camp that I really wish I'd gone to in Lake Putitinmi, Wisconsin. And it goes something like this. <clears throat> camp Putitinmi, actually. Oh, I love you, Putitinmi. Put it in me every day. I love you. Put it in me. Put it in me all the way. On your shores. Put it in me. 
I am yours. Put it in me. Put it in me every day. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Brady. Yay! Brady Pearson! And his commitment to Sparkle Motion! Yay! Oh my god, you, you kind of look like an exploded pi pinata had a had a orgy. <laughs> That's what I would call that jacket. Exploded pinata orgy. Fun times, Brady Pearson. All right, it's a compliment. I love it. I would wear that in a second. Oh my god, with like some white stretch pants, dear god. I don't know. I just thought white stretch pants are like really white tight jeans. I think those would be fun cuz like pick up there's the anyway. Your next comedian comes to us uh, by way uh, from all over the world, actually, from Brooklyn and Portland and everything else. Put your hands together for Keith Hemingway. I wish I explored more places than New York and Portland, because that's all. No, I, I've discovered uh, San Francisco, and I've discovered L.A. Um, I don't think I want to go back to L.A. <laughs> L.A. is a different type of fear. It's like, do I want to get shanked in this corner, or do I want to get pissed on in this corner? And apparently I'm still here, so showers still exist, and um, I don't have no medical bills from L.A., yay. But L.A.'s a nice town. I, I, like, I like San Francisco, too. This town, y'all don't have leg day. You expected to have leg day because you have hills, but it's not about the leg day. It's about the toes. You guys are toe strong in this town because of all the shit you got to step over, literally. Like, you have to treat every block like a Michael Jackson video. You just got to doom, doom. Do get some on the back of your feet like ah, come on. I, I can't really dance like Michael Jackson. I didn't practice. I wasn't one of those kids that was in even though I think no, I can't moonwalk. I, I wasn't one of those kids that can do that. But uh I gotta be careful sometimes when I'm stepping over the shit because some of them come in a, a weird pattern and it could look like I'm crip walking and that would get me in a lot of trouble these days, man. I don't know. I can't do that out here. Come on in, lady. We have free comedy. I saw you smiling. You can't hide. Yeah, come on. Nope, 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 nope. Dedication. Come on. All right, two minutes. Sit down. There you go. See? Come on. You can't give me two minutes? <laughs> I was trying to answer that in the most professional. L, L, L. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny! Mutiny! Oh, my turn offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman! Hey! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Welcome to L W A F L M Y O T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. I think you skipped an initial. What is the name of our show? 
L, that's let's or let us. And let us is very important because uh, it, it adds to your sandwich. It is not important. It's not so, it adds Christmas. Anyway, so it adds Christmas and Christmas to your sandwich. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I want to be the first this year to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, at the bottom of my lunchbox. <laughs> Anyway, weren't we starting a podcast about a movie thing or something? Hi, Carl. We are right now streaming first on muniradio.fm, as we do every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Big shout-out to Muni Radio, which you can contribute to them by donating money. Go to muniradio.fm, check out their lineup, check out how their live streaming radio works, radio, and then get yourself to donate hit the donate button or go to venmo and donate at mutiny radio they have a great lineup great lineup today can make sunday a day what listening to mutiny radio or you can subscribe to our podcast by the correct acronym l w a f l m o i t lettuce watcha uh flum and also, we're on. Uh, we have a YouTube channel as well. This is all video as well, so you can just subscribe to the YouTube podcast at L W A F L M O Y T. We're going to watch a full length movie we found on YouTube. Stuff that I read about and I can't find. And uh, Carl's actually the mastermind behind the show. You heard his theme song up front. He has a celebrity comedian uh, interview coming up, and he also. Found the movie, uh, researched this movie, watched it several times, and he—I've never seen it. He's going to go ahead, and we're going to all watch this movie together. Carl, what is the movie this week? Uh, today we will watch White Coats 2004. That is what you put in the YouTube search engine. White Coats 2004. Now, Mike, unfortunately, the channel we like, Film Rise. There uh -huh. will be an ad. There will be one single ad, and it's not at the beginning. It's real inconvenient for our audience. So when the ad comes, let's not hit the skip button. Let's. Or am I okay, wrong you... about that? People might get different ads. So, so this is the thing. So one thing right now, and I just did it myself for Film Rise, is there's going to be an ad up front. We're going to have a celebrity comedian come on next that Carlos is going to interview. Wait, really Mike, interesting I'm so sorry comedian. to interrupt you. Lots of times the ad comes up very first thing, but in this, it, every time I watched it, it came up a little bit into it. So it's okay. kind of sucky for the audience. So what we're going to do is when the ad plays, we're all going to do a countdown to hit the skip button together. Okay, so fair enough. We're giving you a double ad warning. Carl just mentioned during the duration of this film, Film Rise is going to pop up an ad. We are going to... Uh, when we get it, we're just going to skip ad together, and hopefully we'll all sync up. This is the best we can do. Uh, sometimes they put ads in the middle. I want to mention also that there's an ad up front, two of them. So oh, okay. during the interview, uh, go ahead, listen. But, you know, on your YouTube, play the two ads, and then hit pause, and then move it to zero, zero. So we want you to find White Coats 2004. This is on the Film Rise movie ch uh, channel, channel yeah. which, by the way, they have their own app. You can stream it as well. Film rise movies and play the double ads and then finally hit pause, move it to zero zero. While we all do that, I'm really interested. I haven't heard it yet. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Anthony Crescenza. Welcome, hey. Anthony. 
How's everything going, Carl? Everything's going great, and I'm very glad that you're on. And really, it's extremely overdue. You're one of my first friends in comedy. I think we got to know each other like 2017, right? Yeah. I, I met you before you even started at the club. Yeah, I, I went to the open mics, and you were hosting them rather than Gene at the time. And I got to know you. You booked me on some stuff. Um, that went away. We'll talk about that. But what I want to do... I don't think do, that had anything to do with you. Just the stuff went away. The stuff well, that well, you're Islands of Spirits right up here by my house. And there was... Well, I don't know. We could talk about it. But oh, there was yeah, yeah. Islands of Spirits. We stopped doing We stopped doing shows over there. I they might want to start doing it again at some point in the near future. I'll let you know if that happens. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. No, but there you booked me at a lot of places. I just brought up one of them. Okay. Okay, now, I want to get down and dirty. I want to do some rumor and shit talking right now. You just listen to this podcast. Now, tell the honest truth. Come on, let it out. Why did you give up on Scotty's? Come on, let's hear the dirt. Oh, okay. No problem at all. Your audio went bleep for a second, so I just looked very confused because of that. That's fine. Um, yeah, I have no problems talking about this. I've talked about it before. All right, so the real reason I left Scotty's was I felt undervalued. That's really all it was, as far as I understood, at least. That was the okay. thing. Um, I had an opportunity to make my own club. I'd, I'd been there for, what, like eight years? Right. And I had already managed uh, – broad. I, I was – I had already managed Broadway Comedy Club a little bit, uh, New York Comedy Club, uh, with the old owners, not Empire. And uh, and then we opened up the pulpit in the Bronx. I came back to Scotty's, and they just uh, they were undervaluing me as far as I was concerned. And so when this opportunity showed up, I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to run my own club? Like, be the owner of the club? And I'm like, yeah, done. And then I, I informed Gene before mm -hmm. it happened. I wasn't gonna be secretive or a jerk i knew he'd find out ironically second week i had that place open he booked me for a spot <laughs> oh so really? I, I wound up working uh over at scotty's when i owned devil's den it wasn't like i was just like absolutely not i will never i'm just like you know i i felt mm -hmm. that i was uh i was shortchanging myself you you turned him down that for that booking you're saying you didn't come back to Scotty's. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Okay, you I did. did. I had uh, I had one I had one MC spot out of a weekend, and I just went, yeah, this is definitely. You know what? I'm going to do this, but this isn't working for me. Okay, yeah, and but, but under as far as I mean, they're still they're still running, and uh, my place in Newark currently isn't. So, <laughs> I mean, we're looking for a new spot, but you know, it still worked out in my favor. Yeah, well, that's the ups and downs of being a producer, and I was going to get to that with you. But the thing is, back in the day, pre-pandemic, we had you, Hollywood, Demetrio, myself, and wasn't there a fifth? Or was it just um, the okay, four? So, so it was, um, all right, when I came in originally, right. it was uh, Jason, Doug, Rob and Apple. Rob. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And then and then when uh, I only came in because Doug wanted to go. And then it wound up being uh, Kevin Kevin Hall 
came in, and then Hollywood came in, and then I think Kevin left, and you came in his place. No, it was I replaced Rob Apple. Oh, okay. Because there was a scandal with Rob, like he's playing a club down the street or something, and Gene was yeah. kicking him out, and 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 Hollywood recommended me, and Hollywood doesn't even remember that he recommended me. And that was oh, my... Oh, yeah, I know for a fact he recommended you. Because he asked me about it. Uh-huh. He's like, how do you feel about Carl? I was like, he's in his first year. This is the perfect thing. And he's like, he goes, really? Because he's in his first year? That's what you're saying? I go, honestly, no one should manage the club for more than a year. I'm like, I've been here too long. And he's like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, but you should stay. And I was like, no, no, no. And it's no offense to them. I just, I, this is my personal opinion on uh management and everybody tells me i'm wrong and that's okay yeah. uh, i feel like your your first year do a guest spot your second year either manage your mc and then your third do the opposite and then your fourth year you should be moved up to that feature and then mm -hmm. if you're not ready to headline that club in like five years it's not gonna add the business it's just that ain't, that ain't the club for you you should you right. should have at least yeah. within five years you should be at least one uh one time a year doing minimum 45 minutes. Now, I wanted to move on to you becoming a comedy producer. Uh, yeah. That is really a forte of yours, you know, and and uh, you get the opportunities. You have no problem knocking on doors, making phone calls, going to places and making a deal and producing comedy shows. So like, not how did you fall into that, because I think you're just a can-do, get-it-done guy. But why did you decide to be a comedy producer? Uh, okay, so two things. A lot of people think that I'm producing a lot more than I am. I work for a lot of people. Uh, actually, by far, at this point, most of my gigs are not under Devil's Den Comedy Club, and they're not under Anthony Crescenzo. They're just I'm picking up gigs. Uh -huh. um, I'm, I'm putting in. That's really what it is. I'm always putting in for something. Uh, but what got me into doing production was uh, I right, a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to get myself into places that I couldn't necessarily get uh, right. just by asking. So, I'd, you know, I would find a place that nobody else was doing. Like, like a, a place that was just doing uh, karaoke or bing uh, bingo or trivia or whatever it was. Right. Uh, sometimes I'll do churches. It doesn't really matter to me because my whole idea is I want to get in. And if I can get my friends in with me, then I get to have a good time on the way there, on the way back, you know, while I'm working, it's a fun, it's a fun opportunity and mm -hmm. making a few bucks always helps. Uh, but that's, <laughs> and also you you want to, you want to be, uh, you want to be the face of your own product so a lot of it was just like my face on the posters, but not all the posters. A lot of them, it would just say comedy. It wouldn't say, or it would say Devil's End Comedy Club it, or Pulpit. It wouldn't say Anthony Crescenzo. It wouldn't have my face. Well, there was it. a time. Even my Little Spirits didn't have my face. It had right. my name. I wasn't even the one that put together the poster. Yeah. Sometimes you are the brand, but that is not consistent. And I think you're more interested in the show. Um, you know, getting people to come out to the show, you know. Okay, so yeah. tell me, Anthony Crescenza, how can people find you out there on social media, on a website, or the production company Devil's Den? How do people 
see what you're up to out there on the internet. Okay, the easiest way is online. Sorry, one more time. I will edit this. Go ahead and tell me how can people find you out there on the internet? Okay. <laughs> Uh, the easiest ways are for Devil's Den Comedy Club. Go to devilsdencomedyclub.com or go to the Facebook for Devil's Den or the Instagram for Devil's Den. Um, those are the best ways to find out about Devil's Den Productions. Now, when it comes to Anthony Crescenzo, it's anthonycrescenzo.com. But you'd also be able to find out through uh, Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook, and then the Eventbrites are always going. And if you go to Anthony, uh, Anthony Crescenzo, comedian or ap crescenzo i think is what it is we uh, just released the uh the special uh <laughs> ping pong just came out on youtube today uh yeah that was at the devil's Den comedy club in newark it's actually it's, it's already streaming and it's doing pretty well i went to go look at the analytics about an hour ago okay now ping pong is on your youtube channel and what pinball. is the pinball not ping pong pin no and i actually say ping pong by accident during the special oh uh, all right okay so it's pinball and pinball. what is your youtube <laughs> channel <laughs> what is your youtube channel uh, i believe it's ap crescenzo i'll make 100 percent sure is that your middle initial p yeah crescenzo uh okay. i'll tell you right now exactly what it is good because people got to know. I know. I'm also going to send you a link to the special. And the trailer for it. You just ping pong that right over to me. Yeah. Uh, let me see exactly what it is. This way I'm not screwing it up. It is. It's AP Crescenzo. AP Crescenzo. Okay, that's the YouTube. Okay, great. Now. Anthony Crescenzo. Everybody at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. And that's what you're here for, Anthony Crescenzo. So why don't you go ahead and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. This is Anthony Crescenzo. Put your watching movie hat on right now. We're watching this movie in three Two, one, press. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown. It's 2006. I said this movie was 2004. Right, 2004. TVA Films. Oh, it says 2006. It's probably because the DVD was released in the United States. Okay. This and is a I foreign guess film? This is a Canadian film. Now, you know we see lots of movies in which... They filmed in Canada because it was cheaper. Not this film. This film is Canadian, funded by the Canadian government. Every actor in here is going to be Canadian. Well, that's good. I mean, there's a lot of very funny comedians. So Jim Carrey's going to be on this? Can't wait. <laughs> well, actually, Jim Carrey's not going to be on it, but... Um, a, a guy who we watch in many films that people accuse of being... Um, like Jim Carrey is going to be on it. It's David Dave Frewer, who who we know as Max Headroom. Lots Matt of people, Frewer. yeah. Well, Matt Matt Frewer. Yeah. Lots of people say that he's very much like Jim Carrey. I don't know. I think they're right, but well, he didn't copy Jim Carrey. He was just always like that as a comedic actor. 
one of the reasons why this movie pulled me is two reasons. Right now, Dave Thomas is on screen. He uh, is, of course, one of the McKenzie brothers, SCTV, Grace Under Fire, and he directed this movie, one of his rare movie directs. Yep. And also, Matt Fewer, who you love, because we've seen him in, like, Speed Zone. Yes. Uh, and another film. National Lampoon's. Senior Trip. Senior Trip. And another woman in here is in Senior Trip. Right. And, and it wasn't he the farmer? There was um, another National Lampoon movie, like Going the Distance, I think it was called. That's right. That and was he Canadian, was the too. farmer in it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so with Dan Aykroyd, Canadian. That's one of them, right? Yes, absolutely. No, everyone you're seeing right now on this screen, they're all Canadian. She is Get Canadian. He is Canadian. Weird. So I'm glad I have subtitles up so I can understand this. He's a Canuck and she's a Kachik. Dave Foley? Canadian. Yes. Is Dave Foley good in this movie or is he embarrassing? We saw him in Postal. That's the only reason why I'm asking. He's good in this film. He's good in this film. Okay, turn it up for a minute because it you get a funny joke. Because she... Because he gets the diagnosis and walks away. Here it is. Rebound, tenderness, periambulical, radiating off the right side for possible inflamed appendix. Very good, Miss Towers. Moving on. So, isn't anybody going to pressure test my whatever? All right, burn victim, second degree. That was the joke. I need a. Carl, I hate. Someone said something insulting to the guy. I'm kidding. It was a burn victim. He didn't have a response. Uh, I'm not following you, Mike, but I want you to know this movie is very bad and it's very unfunny. And every now and again, I'll tell you to turn up the sound because a funny thing's coming. It's going to give the audience the impression this is a good movie. It is not. There are so I mean, many unfunny bits. I think Ian Thomas, who did the music, is Dave Thomas's brother because I know that his brother was involved i don't remember if it was ian but he was a musician is a musician way to get work right well no you just you know you got to rely on somebody listen i gotta get the music down while i direct this film i'll get my brother in done well i appreciate that many of the theme songs that you hear on this show my son helped me uh record and played instruments and sang on so right. yeah i get it it's less nepotism and more you're in the room <laughs> I need this dud. So we just met our love interest, okay? And you see, this film is poor, and one of the reasons it's poor is it has so many different tones. Like, when you first start watching it, you think it ought to be a National Lampoon with all of its, like, uh, which, outrageous... Which, how many medical uh, uh, work comedies have we seen, especially under the National Lampoon band? I mean, the first one, I think, is RoboDoc. Was that a National Lampoon? Because that's yes. a good example. And that was Canadian. That had Alan, Alan Thicke in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it did. Right. That was the movie we watched that had Michael Winslow, and he did not do one sound effect. Oh, there's my Barbie. Boing! Now, when I first started watching this thing without any research, I saw Dave Thomas at the beginning, and I thought of that movie, RoboCop. I was like, oh! Here's his cameo, and then he's walking away. Dan Aykroyd's in this film. Let's see how low these guys' careers have sunk. But no, not at all. 
Dave Thomas made this movie. He's proud of this movie. He toured Canada promoting this movie. Wow. Unfortunately, it was a box office failure. It seems like a good product. I mean, it no. has comedy. No. No? <laughs> no, Mike. It is not I know good. This. I know this for a fact, Carl. I love Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, not only uh, he wrote a book, like a big coffee table book, and I had to leave right. it when I moved to San Francisco. I left it on the sidewalk. SCTV, and it just broke down. It was an oral. He just talked about the background and the history of the show and, and mm -hmm. how they all met and beforehand. Like they were making fun of NBC executives. You know how they would parody and, and dress up and satirize yeah. current. One guy, Dave Thomas, did who was this red haired lumberjack, was a parody of the NBC executive that was meddling in their show. During oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it was funny stuff. So I really like this guy, and uh, sometimes when they direct, like Eugene Levy directed a film with Belzer, and it was really bad, and you don't hear about it much. But it's so when they hear they directed a movie, I want to see it. He co-directed with Rick Moranis, Strange Brew, the greatest film yes. ever. Yeah. It is a great film. No, Dave Thomas is a very talented individual. He is hilarious. He makes you laugh. This movie is a misfire. And the only Where's guy the who Barbie doesn't know it is Dave Can Thomas. Can I get my Barbie doll back at least? <laughs> That's a good example. Like, you see the Barbie doll up his ass and like, oh, I know this comedy. But then it's going to go on to do serious medical drama. It's going to go on to do love interest story. It's going to do disgusting, like, poop things and human organ things, really gross things. The tone of this film is all over the place. Which is crazy because it's really drab and pedestrian. It's just corridors. I mean, granted, it's a medical hospital where they make fun of, well, you know, not fun, but they're, they're all props, these guys. Well, we're not the listening to any of it. I mean, you're seeing the visual of corridors, but I mean, there's lots of jokes going on. But it's, yeah, but it's not, there's no pop to it. I mean, I, I watched a couple minutes of this, I grant you. Oh, here we go. Dan Eckford's always the same guy. He's always that guy. But he stopped. You know, he only shows up in cameos. Like the fact that he has a credit in this means that his extended role is great. Yes, we saw is. him in 99. Look at those plugs. Got something to plug, his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? No, I already plugged it. Yep, plugged away. No, but I'm saying Dan Aykroyd always has the same canter, same tone. He, he, sure, he's doing a different character, but he's reading it in the exact same way every single time. I mean, he sounds like... Do you like find that funny? Do you, do you find him... Do you, yeah. So, Dr. Detroit, you thought that was funny? No. No. Uh, <clears throat> nothing but trouble? No. Uh, Spies Like Us? No. Uh... Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters. I mean, trading he places. Was, he was very funny in that. Neighbors. He he had a. They switched the roles. He was the evil one, and Belushi was the milk toast. <laughs> I loved him in Neighbors. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, man. Okay, turn I'm up the part. sound. Oh, You're joke! Hear... Right. This. Uh, 
you're, you're going to hear the speaker go, Mike Hunt to OBGYN. Mike Hunt. To I can't hear it over the music. Yeah, I know. So the thing is, when I heard that Mike Hunt to OGBYN, I started thinking, maybe every time I hear that lady, it's something funny. But it's inaudible. You can hardly oh. hear it. Is that radar from MASH? So what just happened is she gave him a BJ. Okay, that's what just happened. And that sets us up for our next bit. Uh-oh. Did she swallow? No offense. She certainly did. Oh, I can't believe I missed it. Ew, wash your hands. Gargle and mouthwash. So, um... This guy is sort of like our star. His name is Pat Kelly, and he's playing a guy named Dale Dodd. He's totally Canadian, all about Canadian. And she he's a big com comedic partner with another person in this uh, film. He didn't have that great a career, but um, but he did have a nice career. The, the teacher? No, the star. The star. Now, this is... Um, Dr. Toussaint, okay, and he goes by Tony, and we've seen him before in Meatballs 3. Oh, cool. Was he an angel or a terrestrial human? He was a... Um, motorcycle gang? Right. He was the motorcycle gang guy, and it was pretty funny. Uh, and he's funny in this one, too. Now, when I started reading his credits... Um, it was, uh, he was in war games and I realized he was the guy who was like, Mr. Potato Head, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I immediately text Eddie Deason, like, is there any funny, you know, anecdotal story about him? So he goes, his name is Maury, uh, Shaken, and he passed away. He's totally Canadian. He says, Maury was a great guy to work with in war games, a bit the bit in our scenes where Maury says, Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, Maury wrote that himself. He showed it to me the morning of the shoot, and I loved it immediately. And to this day, I have people call me Mr. Potato Head. He actually, another person, Marty Bratt, actually deleted our scene. But then Marty got fired because the studio didn't like his dailies. But when John, Bad John Badham took over, our scene was one of the only scenes he insisted be kept in the film because of Mr. Potato Head. I had no idea. Oh, that's cool. All right, that's yeah. Eddie Deason. That's cool, Carl. Yeah, I didn't realize probably, that. Yeah. He will probably do another podcast. I've texted with him and he's like, talk to my agent, but he'll do it. So. All right. All right. All right, the good old microscope. Are they going to cut to the no, way he's turn saying? Turn it up. Least... Turn it up. No. That is very strange indeed. That is a sperm cell. Now, what would a sperm cell be doing in your mouth? No, it's what a mystery. Oh, that's the callback. Ew, ew. No, just, I just want to confirm. That is very strange. Come look. Look, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny right what's this thing like i watched this movie a couple minutes because i was like i love dave thomas i didn't know he made another movie mm -hmm. uh, he was he directed this film it just seems pedestrian 
Like there's no like they just said the grossest thing ever and it doesn't rise. Like the music weighs it down, this the set weighs it down. It, it, it's just oh, not a good film and it's very unfunny many times. Now you consider Dave Foley artist. She's bumping into David Foley and she's like that's Dr. Whiteside, the heart surgeon, just like I want to be. Like, you know, how do I look? And he's introducing himself to her. And he's just being a pompous ass. Yeah, let's hear Well, I just hope I get the opportunity to work with you when I become a cardiac surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. That sounds like my doctor. Do you know my doctor, Carl? Dr. Vinny Bubba? <laughs> yeah. Where? where uh, Roddy Dangerfield. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> My mom. You'd always, do a, you'd always do a joke like that, like, you know. Dr. Uh, and then he, he had a special where Andy Kaufman played his doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, look at all that food, Carl. Yeah, lots of it. Do you like cafeteria food at the hospital? Um, only when there's no other food and you're like, I'm starving and dad's not dead yet. <laughs> That's the greatest part about eating at the hospital is that your mind's on something else. So it really <laughs> doesn't matter what you're eating. You know, you'll be like, well, I can eat my worries away. I'll take two, please. <laughs> or I, I need something just to pick on while I stare out in space. The only people who actually eat the meals are probably the, those guys, the doctors and stuff. There's no patients in there anyway. I have no patience for this movie. <laughs> the only patients you'll see are... No, you'll see many patients. What am I talking about? Now, turn it up. This is a very unfunny thing. You think you could push people around? Well, you can't. You think it's some sort of hot shot? Well, you are. You understand me? I just want everyone to know that. Maybe you should go sit down. Yeah. Hey, what I said, man. Hey, Marlon, I'm really impressed. That was really sweet of you to stick up for me like that. Yeah, it was. It was. When someone messes with one of my bitches, that's what happens. Ass gets kicked. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being one of your bitches. Thank you, everybody, bitch. Hmm? Okay, it keeps coming on. Oh, it stopped. It stopped. That was the last line. He had the last laugh. Now, this is actually funny. She's like, are you sexually active? And she goes, no. She goes, no, I'm, I'm, I just lay there. And then he's like, you're pregnant. Do you know who the father is? And she goes, no, who? Oh, that's there's good. There's funny stuff in this, but there's also lots of unfunny things. So much so that it's not a good movie. I was half expecting like a musical. This music is like predominant. Like, I still have the hook from the last comedy bit. Do, 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 boop, boo, do, 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 well, that bass was like, slap. oh, gross. This is why you should eat afterwards. Now, in this scene, like, they're telling him, you got to watch the EKG, and he's like, don't tell me, intern, and then the guy dies, you know. Gotcha. This was shot before COVID, I take it. Because no one's wearing masks. Well, Mike, I wanted to bring that up. 
Nobody wears a surgical mask during surgery. It's crazy. Now, is this Canadian healthcare at its finest, Carl? Do you want to get on your soapbox about Canadian healthcare? I oh, birds my gullet. What is what's they have universal healthcare? That's good. Yeah, they need except no surgery, uh, no masks during surgery. Uh oh, he's late for surgery. Right, he's supposed to be assisting as an intern, and he's not. Huh. It's very hard for me to watch because that's my father on the operating table. On the table. That is Sue. That is Sue Dave Thomas. Now, a lot of people may not recognize Dave Thomas, the actor, and when they hear Dave Thomas, they what think they... Wendy's hamburgers. Oh, okay. Because he was, what, the owner? At least spokesperson for, for decades? Television spokesperson? He was the owner, and his daughter was not a spokesperson, but the the um, logo. Right. He had a lot of charity events. I actually went into a, a Wendy's maybe 30 years ago, and uh -huh. I got a free paperback written by Dave Thomas about the importance of family. And his he does a lot of work with adoptions and stuff like that. He did. Had like a foundation. Uh, I don't know. But Just isn't to give he a shout like out. A right wing uh, villain. Was he? I don't I know the story if he wrong. was estranged from his daughter, like him and his daughter didn't talk or something. I don't know the story of when Dave Thomas of Wendy's. I just <laughs> think he's like super conservative and, and, and the left likes did not like him. I think. I think the left didn't like the baked potatoes because they were dry, you know. No, you know, actually the baked potatoes are the best thing in Wendy's. I like the chili. Yeah. Baconators, eight strips of bacon. Can you wow. Imagine? Holy, holy bacon. No, let's go. Let's go. Oh, is the guy dead? Yeah, the guy's way dead. And we saw him trying to get like his heart shocked back to life. And it wasn't successful. And we got the dumb joke that... Um, Mike Bonnart, who's a doctor, a doctor's kid, that guy, uh, was getting shocked at the same time, you know, because the thing was touching him. So now our meanie Dave, uh, Dave Foley has sent him down, this intern person, to tell the family that uh, the, their dad is dead. He's still working on the dad. No, he dropped inside like some sort of clamp or something. He's trying to get it back and the heart will start beating. He'll come back to life, which is inexplicable. Well, wait a minute. What about the clamp? Did he at least get it back? No, he doesn't get the clamp back. Clamp back. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, yeah, that's good about the life. So he doesn't get paid for this as an intern? He saved this guy's life. Well, I think you pay for college, and this is part of college, right? Okay. But at least, you know, the guy could Venmo him some money. Thanks for, for, you know, putting the comments, saving my life. 50 Canadian dollars. <laughs> now, um, he sends him downstairs to stop that nerdy kid from telling the family that the dad is dead. But meanwhile, um, 
the nerdy kid, who's Mike Bonner in our film, he, he is downstairs telling the wrong family that their dad is dead. Oh, my God. All right, here we go. Well, that's pretty funny. That's National Lampoon-y. Oh, well, let's, hear, let's hear the music. It's music like do 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 wah wah do 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 wah wah. What a good guess you had, right? The violins. I, can't, I don't know why my credits of Matt Frewer are not here. I mean, I printed the document. We all know. We've talked about Matt, uh, Matt Frewer a lot on this, on this show. He yes, was, of course. And I he, think he is an underserved, like his career was not as good as it should have been. That guy is a funny, funny, funny fucker. And he just didn't get, you would think with Max Headroom, he would go on to do, no, he, he ended up being a Star Trek connection in our bad movie podcast, and he's all over YouTube, right? He got the wrong roles at the wrong times. This guy was is really funny. He should have been a big star. I would argue that he handled that whole Max Headroom phenomenon during the 80s pretty well. The uh -huh. fact that he was, it was originally what, a BBC show, uh, then it was an ABC show, but it was also the spokesperson for a global campaign by Coca-Cola. And he had, you know, then after, after the narrative television show ended, he had like an interview show uh -huh. and uh, sang a song with Art of Noise, Paranormia. And then... Uh, so that's that character, you know, like some people can just live off of that and done or just, you know, have it hang. I and found he, him. he had his own sitcom. Remember Dr. Doctor, that horrible show that lasted years. Um, he did have his own sitcom, Dr. Doctor. I found him now. I just I had buried him in my notes here. Max Headroom uh, in 85 and 87 television series of the same name. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Uh He's not even on, on the screen and we're talking about him. Uh, Mike Stratford and Dr. Doctor from 89 to 91. That's not uh, bad. That's a good run. Wait, I don't understand. I said that he should have been a bigger star, and you're saying he was a bigger star? I mean, he he, he was a lead in a sitcom. He He's a character actor. I, mean, I remember him in Watchmen 2009, five uh, years from now. So he's our Star Trek connection. He was in an episode called A Matter of Time, and I enjoy it. Enjoyed it. We saw him. Yeah, we already talked about it. National Lampoon's senior trip as Principal Todd Moss, and he was in Going the Distance. Going the Distance. But you mentioned he was in one of the... Um, Speed Zone. I, I, yeah, Campbell I Run sequels. Yeah, I forgot that. Oh, the families are revolting, right? They smell. Yes. They've been sitting there for a long time. Well, he went to two wrong families, and then Dr. Foley came into the correct family and said, your your dad's going to be fine. So they, they're up in arms. Thank God that bit's over. Is the music changing to Silver Island? Ooh, no music. I have your assignments. We're going to put you in groups of two here. Doesn't it sound better without the music? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. 
Bradford and Thomas, Pediatrics. That's another argument about the tone of this film. It's all over the place. So this is like a procedural now, like it's a medical show. Well, now we're learning that they have no professors today. They have to go and pretend like they're real doctors and help patients because they're short-staffed. You see, Dave Thomas made a big deal. I, I read an interview about him with him about this film, and I saw a video, which was an interview with him promoting this film. He went across Canada trying to make this film something. And right. in all of it, he says that this is an indictment of the Canadian medical system. He was saying, like, roads, bridges, highways. We They're all 19 roads, bridges, highways, hospitals. Like, he starts talking about, like, this 1950s model for things and, and how it just doesn't apply to today and it hasn't been updated. So this is his statement about how hospitals are falling apart. Oh, it's love interest. Sweet. So, you know, not that these guys aren't interchangeable, but they, did they get a blowjob today? Is that blowjob couple? Yeah, that is not blowjob couple, but the guy on the left got the blowjob. Now, gotcha. that is Pat Kelly in real life. He's Dale Dodd, and he's the womanizer. Dale Dodd. And, right, and he is good comedic partners with Peter Oldring, who is the guy who went and told the wrong family their dad was dead, Okay. So gotcha. he is a like trying to be a womanizer. He came on to the head nurse. He got a BJ from Mitzi. And now he's starting to have a serious relationship with this one. So the thing is, what are you telling me about this guy? Like, is he the womanizer or is he the serious boyfriend? And the film doesn't do any character arc with him. Like he's the womanizer. But now because of his love for her, he's becoming the serious boyfriend. There's none Which is of what we would expect. That's a great point because that's what would happen. Because we just watched him dilly dally in the in the aisles. I mean, for some reason, I feel like they're going to be selling me something. Like it has well, a quality of a good commercial. There really is no plot to this film. Rather, there's comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit, comedy bit, and then some of the characters have mini subplots. So this is like, there's not like a day in the life or like at the end of the day, the hospital has to close and they're racing for something. Well, uh, at the end of the film, to, uh, as okay, getting us into act three, uh, the three doctor interns, the three male interns get into a lot of trouble and they're going to get kicked out. But then there was like a bus crash and all these people filled the ER and it was them who like saved the day. One of the people they saved was a billionaire. And so he donates to the hospital a quadrillion cool. dollars and then they're not kicked out because they saved the day. But that's as far as we go for plot, you know. A Canadian billionaire. I created ketchup French uh, potato chips. Right. In Canadian money, he is a billionaire. In American money, he's a high millionaire. High millionaire. Dollionaire, as McDonald's would say. So now, like, they're going to have to deliver a baby. And remember, they're just students. Although they've been all the way through med school, this is their the final period on the end of a sentence for a doctor to be... No, now you're out in the real world but with real patients. And so 
what we're learning is like this is their first time being real doctors and they got to go all the way and be real doctors no, and nobody wears just, surgical masks i have a bad movie beef and this is what it is this seems exactly it uh -huh. is that if you're gonna do like a child being born comedy bit do it at the end of the movie how can you top that how can you top giving birth you can do another hour of show like that should be the finale i okay. you know freddie got fingered whether you love it or hate it he's delivering <laughs> babies 20 minutes into that movie probably why i hate that film honestly but that's just well, like we'll never see the baby born it's ridiculous. just a comedic bit so there's no payoff i'm like of course we want to see the baby born just pay move on have the baby with a cigar and a little hat saying i did it you know <laughs> Okay, so his mom will come in because she's a, gy a gynecologist and she will, like, save the woman's life. And then Peter will be mad. You, is it intern mom's visit day? And <laughs> Not that the kid's okay. It's not good. It's not good. I'm sorry I made you watch this three times, <laughs> two times. Yes. This is my yeah. fourth time, yes. Brutal. <clears throat> They're, they're having cutesy, cutesy love things. There's like, somebody thinks that the bed that four people died in in a row is haunted. And I don't know. It's not good. He's under oh, there. There's the mom. Right. right. Now, in real life. I don't want people just wandering in and out. Don't worry, Mr. Younger. Dr. Bonnard is one of the best gynecologists oh, in the country. God. Then why is she delivering my kid? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not here. You're here. I see you. Look in there and do your job. Mr. Bonner and I are perfect. Okay, there we go. Some music I can't listen to. In real life, she is, her name's Sue Huff, and she's a politici politician from Alberta, Canada. She was the acting leader of the Alberta Party from November 23rd, 2010 to May 2011. And she served as a public school trustee from Edmonton, which is where this is filmed. So now How this that's, that's great. Out. Yeah. So maybe because this is government finance, she's in the film. I don't know. But the thing is, this is 2004 be before she became a, like a prominent politician. So I kind of don't get it. Well, is, was she like an actor or a comedian? Maybe she was like one of those comedians who were like a little politically act and then just moved into politics. Well, when you look her up on IMDb, this is her only credit, and it just talks about her as a politician. And she is, like, almost exactly my age. That's the only other interesting thing about her to me. Well, that's great that she was giving birth back in 2004, Carl. Way to go. You, yeah. Woo. Oh, that's mom, like, right? Give me hugs. Yeah, or something like that. Huggy booze. Uh, way to kill the moment. Carl, you going to just talk about the quality of that guy? Oh, the guys? Well, those guys are there for, obviously, they had an accident. Their butts have yeah. cracks right down the middle. Right down the middle. Oh, finally, scene two with the dad. Selling off hospital equipment and chasing nurses. That was it, our second scene. I've seen more scenes. Oh, third scene. No, no, he'll be out throughout the film. This is no cameo. In what? Oh, he'll be in the rest of the movie? 
Yeah. He'll be in scene 17, scene 19, scene 19A, as regulated in the movie Canadian Film Guild. He's going to get it on? I'm missing this movie. Oh, it's well, done by Dan Aykroyd. Did you like it? Very nice, Michael. Thank you. I was impersonating Dan Aykroyd in the movie from 2004. But I'm serious about Dan Aykroyd. In terms of his acting, he is one note. He's always Dan Aykroyd. Always. Yeah, but there's a certain madness to his method, right? There's a certain, like, ha-ha, the absurdity of life while listening to bureaucratic prattle-on while just opposed against supernatural forces. I mean, is there a joke to it? I mean, some people have a stick that lasts because it, it resonates to your soul. Like, there must be something that that clings when you see Dan Aykroyd perform. I mean, I've seen him in hundreds of movies. Dan Aykroyd, he sounds exactly the same. Right, but I'm saying like there must be a reason for that. Like, what is the yeah, point laziness, of that style? Laziness. Come on, let's act. Be a different but, person. But I'm saying like comedy wise, there's always like a, a spark that you always like. You watch Mike Myers because he has this something silly about life in him. Great example. Great example. Mike Myers will be right. Austin Powers, but he will be Doctor Evil in the very same movie. Hundred percent different guy. You will see him in all of his uh, Saturday Night Live sketches. He's in the bathtub going bum watcher. He's a completely different guy. He's um. Uh, party time! Excellent! Right, yeah. He's got range. Range. But, I mean, like, there's, there's, but there's always like a spark. Like you keep coming back because you enjoy the view he has. Like the there's something comedic that, you know, you see in Adam Sandler, you see in him. What about Dan Aykroyd? There must be a reason why I keep watching his movies. No, it's the same like laundry list. So anyway, but, uh, this is funny because they just met in the waiting room and now they're all kissy kissy. And then we find out like she's got chlamydia and herpes and everything. And so he has to be like, but on the brakes. Oh, the doctor's about to announce it in front of him. I'm here to give you your chlamydia shot. Oh, look at that. He wipes his mouth off. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just need a hug, doctor. Just need a hug. Oh, there's the Jaws music in the background. So that's it. This movie is a series of comedic bits. Oh, I yeah. can't watch this scene. Uh, I invite you, audience, to watch it, but there will be poop all over Peter. Cost me bag joke? Yes, and I'm not looking right. at the camera. You let me know when it's over. All right, I'll let you know. There's no need for me to uh, do an intro to let you know when it's over. I will. I'll tell you when it's over. Oh my God, it's still not over, girl. Now this was all filmed in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and they're in a real hospital. This hospital was getting sold, and so it was emptied, and the government said, 
you can have it for this cheap, cheap amount. Now, the government gave four and a half Seems million. Over. Four and a half million dollars for this film. And the thing is, it was funded 100% by the government. Now, one of the things Dave Thomas was saying in his interviews, both the one I read and saw, is that, like, in Canada, the government will give you 75% of the budget, but you got to come up with that other 25, and that okay. always kills you, you know, trying to find it. So did he ask for, like, Edna to sponsor this movie? Or is there product placement? Do they drink, like, Canadian Coke or something? Canadian Club? No. Like I just told you, this is one of the rare occasions in which they were able to have it 100% funded. So it was a walk 100%. in the park. Now, there was a producer. His name is Josh Miller. He went to Dave Thomas and said, look, I got a way. I can get a movie 100% funded, but you got to come up with the movie. So... Dave Thomas had in his mind this a long time ago, but it was going to be a TV show. And then Scrubs came out and he was like, ah, God damn it. So right. this guy came to him and said, hey, movie. And that's why he threw this together. They are on a date in, she said, I'll go on a date with you, but only if we're working, which I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So this is the date. And he's got wine, and she's softening up and really liking him. And, and when you uh, mentioned Scrubs, this movie, I could see it in a different light. Like it, mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit more watchable, I guess, if I kind of view it like that. Okay, so Dave Thomas wanted to do a t a sitcom, like yeah, yeah, and and this movie was what ended up happening when he when when Scrubs came out, he was just like, I'm not even going to bother. So. This was uh, released as White... Okay, this was going to be White Coats. That was the title that um, Dave Thomas wanted. And when it was released on DVD in the United States, they went with the name White Coats. Okay. Well, in Canada, the marketing people were like, White Coats isn't funny. It doesn't let you know it's a comedy. Let's make it called Intern Academy intern academy and they did it because of the police academy movies they right. thought it would subliminally make you think it was a comedy well i i actually went to intern academy and then when i was done i had learned the tools to become an intern uh-huh yeah so i'm actually I, i'm really in the hole i didn't really think this through because i have to i have loans from intern academy and then my internship doesn't cover it so now um we're getting another comedic bit in which she's like i need a blood urine and stool sample and he's like what what and then the wife goes she needs your underwear that's a good now, joke now we have a sex bit and which she's like not there for ogbyn stuff but he's and she's like don't leave she gets all horny uh is this the same room they shot it in? I Every scene? I don't know. They had a whole oh, hospital. Man. Okay, now here's the maid, and she's unplugging life support so she can plug in her vacuum. Uh, it's just another comedic bit. I'm what Our title is Let Us Watch a Full-Length Movie. Sometimes movies you can't watch by yourself, even though you had watched this. Now, they think they're finding the ghost. And then they find... because the ghost she keeps unplugging people. it. 
Right. So we find out that it's been her. She's killed three or four people by unplugging their life support while she vacuums. She's the night nurse. Remember, like, the killer who, like, kills people in their night? In the night? Sister of Mercy? Nurse of Mercy. Well, is she going to go to jail? Are we going to watch that? Well, like, they're going to take her to Dan Aykroyd to, like... She doesn't speak English. She speaks Russian. Uh, is he going to speak Russian back to her? Well, that'll be the joke. Uh, but I already I saw that coming. So it's the middle of the night. You see, Dan Aykroyd never leaves the hospital. He lives there. I've got some friends with you, and we're just having some ice wine. And Dr. Kip, do you have problema? Oh, okay. A problema sounds like Spanish to me. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't sound like Russian. But wait till you hear him talk. It's clearly Russian. You understood her? Of course I understood her. I don't hire people I don't understand. I go to the Ukraine a couple of times a year, bring back a dozen of them, help them get their landed immigrant status. Go back, get a dozen more. Call it a, an internship for cleaning ladies. She knows what you did wrong. Oh my god. She okay, go on. Let's have some ice wine. You understood that, didn't you? Huh? Of Dan scene three, doing a count. <laughs> now, this it's guy, fun. here's Matt Frewer, and turn it up because he's like, it's funny. All right. I was just going to say, this might be the most recent film I've seen Dan Aykroyd in, 2004. Uh huh. Now, we saw, now I, I meant for you to turn it up at this earlier. Never mind. Um, Dan Aykroyd, we saw in Diamonds with Kurt. 1999. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that and was five years prior. He did Gross Point Blank that year. Um, right. And Big he scene. was a member of the Order of Canada in 1999, which is the second highest honor for, of like, it's kind of like being knighted or something. So he's Sir Dan Aykroyd in Canada? No, they don't go by Sir, but it's like that same sort of prestigious government award. OBE, eh? OBE. Yeah. We're going to figure out what killed John Doe 5 today. Very well did my scalpel. <laughs> and we're going to start with Ms. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy there's no music to it, but this, I'm telling you, the, the direction, and maybe it's just because they had to get it in and get it out, it's just back and forth, right? Yeah. Like little visual yep. ping pong. Now, it's just a lot of not funny stuff, and like, like, um, Mitzi will say to, um, okay, let's see here, I got her. Um, her name's uh, Christine Lee in the movie, Jane McLean. She's the Asian one there. She'll go, Mitzi will go, do I look Amish with this hairstyle? It's like a lot of unfunny jokes. Do you feel that when people crank out movies and they appear on like Film Rise or what have you, 
that there's a certain genre they need to hit. So if it's action, they have certain action points. And this is like the best we could do for comedy. Like if you're going to crank out a comedy, it's not going to really elevate more than this. I mean, they, they shoot the scenes, they get in, they get out. Yeah. But Dave Thomas does not consider, I'm going to just crank out some movie. He it was all the hundred percent behind this. This was his baby. He thinks this is a work of art. It has a lot of heavy hitters. I mean, I love Dave Thomas. You know, I don't know. I I can't I can't defend it. It's not funny. It's nothing really happens. There's no oh. days and confused. They were going to get their ass whipped at the end of the film. I got that. <laughs> so um, there's something funny which you'll consider racist because it is. Uh, he he has Peter do the surgery and then. Um, Christine Lee is like, I'll do it. And he goes, hold on, Miss MSG. There we go. Got it. You, you heard it at the perfect time. He called him Doogie Hauser. Well, that's not fair. Doogie was a lot younger than he was. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that is true. That's you as like a... I could see you like... I can see myself knowing me as a comedy host, me as a doctor. Like, right, all right, your next doctor coming on to perform. <laughs> you know, he's a good writer. Give it up for what does he mean by good writer? Now I can't concentrate. Now he is. Um, we're going to see a disgusting throw up in the cadaver scene now. All right, Do you need and I won't be cover? watching. I've already seen a man covered in shit, a baby being born, and we're not even an hour into this film. Right. Well, now he's going to Ralph into Ralph's chest. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. Well, someone pushed a little hard on the chest, didn't they? <laughs> I'm not watching. Well, there's a continuity error, obviously, around his face. Oh, you stopped watching. Now, there were working titles for this film. It was called An Intern's Diary, and that was because we had the voiceover. You know right. White Coats. That's the one they ended up with. And um, in Italian, when this film was released, it was La Capital du Sexy del Mundo, which is the sexiest hospital in the world, which I don't think is appropriate. I don't know. That cadaver looks pretty hot. Look at that nose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Is he doing you, nose jokes? You nose organs. Yes. Well, he's not doing a nose joke, but but now they those, those organ jokes are awful. The the setup was this cadaver's unidentified, so we can do whatever the fuck we want with them. And then they're like, they've identified the cadaver's family. And oh, they're there right there yeah. with the kids. And the body's covered in puke, Carl? Yes. With no nose, nose cut off. Do you think he has like a Joel McHale kind of like acting style? I don't know who that is. Uh, he was in stuff. 
Oh, yeah. yeah he's in an animal. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Now Dave Thomas will just rib Peter, you know. I don't yeah. know what's worse, puking in a cadaver or telling the wrong family that you... Man of your talents would really be appreciated. He said, um, you should go to, um, you should be a doctor at a, like, a Christian science center. Or a man oh, that's clever. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, says every Christian scientist. The worst so part about like, hurting... Oh, go ahead, Carl. Sorry. Well, it doesn't matter. It never pays off. There's no plot throughout this whole film. All right, well, I was going to make a Christian scientist joke, but I, I think I uh, I won't. So Finally, shrimp club. Saying, like, you should go out and take your mind off of it. So they all go to this Edmonton strip club. And uh, that's what we'll see. Where they, they're fully dressed? He didn't want that. I, they don't use the same ratings we do here in the States. He said, I'll get an R rating in the States, but I don't want an X rating. But the point of this scene is we'll find out that Mitzi is a stripper at night because she's oh. everything sexy, sexy in this whole film. Well, isn't that the old canard that you have to strip your way to through medical school? She, she will say that. She'll say that to Peter. She'll now get into a serious relationship with Peter, and that'll be the thing. She's doing this to get through med school. So now they're just bumping into Mitzi, not realize, you know, finding out she's a stripper, and she's really good. And there's six people on stage, and now she's going to be like, wait a minute, these one-third of my audience are my coworkers? Right. I didn't notice it till now. And so she'll be embarrassed, just like she was with the sperm in the mouth. She'll run away. Peter! Peter? Hi, Missy. What? Whoa. Co-workers! Clip, 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 clip. Oh, heels make you run so silly. Yeah, let's rewind that. So now, once again, we'll have not funny stuff in which Peter tries to prove that, like... Like, trying to make, I don't know, take away the embarrassment. He'll start stripping. Oh, that's terrible. Is she in the poster? They walked into a strip club and didn't see Naughty Nurse. Yeah. There's Naughty Nurse, yeah. Oh, man. This is the most awkward bachelorette party I've been to. This bachelorette is, um, look, he'll start taking off his clothes to... Try to make I don't know it's dumb, and then but they've already they've already did it right. Like, is he trying to flirt with her? No, she had she gave a blowjob to Peter. Uh, oh. Wait, am I backwards here? Hold on a second. Pat Kelly is who we're watching. Dave, yeah, right. This is Pat Kelly, who's Dave Dodd. No, no, Pat Kelly's the womanizer one, and this is Peter Olring, who's the nerd one with doctor parents and so she gave a bj to pat kelly and now she'll sleep with she'll become the boyfriend of peter olring and the joke will be he's got a huge uh dick he's got a huge dick that's all right that's coming. 
I bet. That's what she said. <laughs> now, you Chris, have... go ahead, Carl. Please. Well, now, Chris, he will inspire Christine Lee to tip the girl. She'll she'll incorrectly put it in her butt. The stripper will freak out, and then uh, Marlin will give her a bunch of money, and she goes, if you keep these Benjamins coming, you can put your whole fist in there. And they'll go, ew, I'm out of here. And they'll all leave. All right, well, this movie got interesting. Is it? It's an ass. This might be the American X-ray version. Hey! Also, it's American money, right, Carl? Yes. So is this America? No, it has no value in Canada. Actually, I guess this is America. I don't know. I never even thought about it. There you go. Fist in my ass. We're out of here. Right. Exactly. Way to walk a room. So now you know, we'll see man. his huge dick. And that'll be another hilarious comedic. You see the candle that looks like a dick? She's all about right. sex, this girl. Well, that looks like one of those uh, water carriers. Whatever uh-huh. you drink from. What's what? the drink? What's in it? It's lemonade uh, and lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So Not when his dick gets exposed, uh, Peter will be like, "You think I'm a freak?" Like the joke is, he thinks like having a big one means you're weird and people won't like you, and and she okay. likes. Yeah, and she has a stripper pole for practice in her room. Yeah, and she's telling a story about how when somebody moved out, they just left it. I don't know. Is it funny? Explains why it's there. Oh, boy. I cannot wait till next episode because we'll be watching a different film. This movie really wore you down, huh? (laughs) Is this it? Is this the one that broke your back? Well, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, this is not good at all but but at the time i'm getting to you seeing it i'm like oh this is such yeah a we watched a few films on film rise they have a couple of gems yeah. in there but that's right for the most for the most part like they just grab whatever they can and and a lot of times it's just things that was released or wasn't released or was released somehow on somewhere but it wasn't like and then it shows up in film rise now don't get me wrong there are some very funny things in this film but but they're in between the not funny things so right and 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 you do that to me and then you don't give me a plot at all what's the adventures of so now she's discovering the dick and this is what he's been scared of maybe some lip balm oh oh that don't don't make fun. Don't make fun. Don't make fun. Get these pants off. Let me see the thing. <sighs> Same sound I make. Oh, there you go. Full frontal. You think I'm a freak? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Super freak. But in a good way. In a very good way. Oh. Now, this scene is one of the few times they're not in the hospital. And yeah, that's when true. I first, when I first saw it, I started thinking to myself, 
she has a very nice apartment filled with very nice things. How is it? Okay, now we have the Christmas party and two things will happen. Um, Cindy Lee here will be encouraged to drink and she will drink way too much and she'll get crazy. Okay. The only other thing is Marlon will sleep with the head nurse and she's a great actress in the scene pretending I'll ask you to turn up the sound at that point because she really should win an Oscar for her, her, you just believe her. It's just a good, it's a good acting. In my All right, here she goes. Drake one. A different it, person. The other one. Going to be the actress I was talking about. The head nurse. What's in there? Oh my God. I wouldn't say this movie is long, but didn't this film start during the Halloween? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it's already Canadian Christmas. Um, okay, so this film is like the last uh, semester of a doctor's life. And it, Dave Thomas actually talked about that. That means it goes over the Christmas break. Or the last year so there's two semesters so they got to do the christmas party and he was really happy about that because he was like there's a lot i could do with that and i did so this is the middle of the movie then because it's yeah. in between semesters yeah well they don't they're not so good like that to be that this there's there's about 40 minutes left in this film christmas with the cranks was that that a Dan Aykroyd was that, maybe that was after this. Maybe that's the most recent Dan Aykroyd film I've seen. Let's see now. My Dan Aykroyd stuff is limited in my research because you He's know I'm so wet, right? So I just have like that he was a member of the Order of Canada, that he was in Diamonds, which we saw. Um, I don't know. In 99, yeah. he was in Gross Point Blank. I have that written down. Why? Why? I don't know. It was a good role. He was funny in that. That's that's when his listing, listing banalities of bureaucracy while they murder people is funny because it's a ironic contrast. <laughs> yeah. He wanted him to be in a union. Right, yeah, all for health care. And they would always sing popcorn. Memorable. <laughs> Oh, so now they're introducing the band, and he goes, Dr. So-and-so, uh, Dr. Blah, 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 on bass. And he goes, and for a limited time from intensive care, you know, and he says this patient's, you know, the drummer. Uh, doctor, I don't think that's right. And I, I just, well, what would make you think that? He's doing Stephen Strange. This is what happened right before the accident. In this, right? Case, he went to a pompous party and he drank, uh, drank up, and he talked about his hand surgery, mm. and then he got in an accident where his hands got damaged, and then shaky, he went. Yeah, they were super shaky. But Dave Foley won't have that. Uh, he'll just—it's just more of him being a pompous ass. That's all. He, he does that throughout this whole film. And the comeuppance is. He won't get any comeuppance. You see this intern like hates him for his conceit and then they're going now she was in senior trip too she played a woman a girl named candy in senior trip and i don't mm -hmm. notice it from it her career was really 
I don't know. She was in Stargate SG-1 in 97. She was in a bunch of stuff, but it's not impressive. Uh, in 2010, she was Lori Unger in the HBO Canada series Living in Your Car. Um, wow. She that was a documentary. Psychotherapist Dr. Laura Keating in Sci-Fi's film, you know, in 2006. Uh, she has lots of credits and none of them distinguish her. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, they got the last laugh on her too. Look, he's, uh, now those are those the guys, guys we saw earlier. So they're still right. showing their butt off. Now we're getting like, she's super drunk and she's going to get more super drunk and then she'll start stripping. Did she just order a martini and the guy's like, no problem. Right. And she goes, two more, please. And he goes, no problem. No problem. Here you go. Just happen to have two martini glasses filled there. <laughs> you, you sure you want a martini or the punch? The punch okay, is right on the turn counter. Turn it up. This is very good. She's a very good actress. Thank you. Her name's Linda Boyd, and she's been in a bunch of stuff. Leave up the sound. Leave up the sound. What a good actress. <laughs> Leave it up. Oh, slowly roll. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It was a tittle. Oh, yeah. She's oh, um, more. They were both in I Spy together. Now, would I Spy the movie version that came out in the 2000s, or a TV version that came out rec more recently? or This was the Eddie Murphy star vehicle in 2002. It was a movie, and yes. uh, it was like his big break. That was the film that, that was his like highest, most successful film. Nowadays, he's in Hallmark movies. But... Um, well, that's a step up from this film. Oh, she is tripping. <laughs> I guess it is. Let's see. Now, I want to hear the Ian Thomas strip music. About a girl. She was in Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. I bet you love that. Um, sure. If I can remember it. She was in, for six seasons. She was on a CBS uh, a TV show called Republic of Doyle. Right. I remember those six seasons. The Canadian broadcasting system. I think it was a re just regular TV. She was on Thin Ice with Diane Keaton. She's the man in 2006. Wow. Final Destination, An Unfinished Life, About a Girl. I must have seen her in all these films. Yeah, but the thing is, she's like one of those people who plays, like she played Jennifer Lopez's boss, Owen Wilson's confidant, right. you know, Leslie Nielsen's wife. She's like always the... The one you don't notice. I mean, you like her in the film, but you don't walk away thinking about her, you know? Well, I remember the scene. Now, Viv, who's the African-American guy there, uh, yeah, he was, in 2002, he was in I Spy. He was in Are We There Yet? And the, you know, he was in Hot Tub Time Machine, but the little Great. part. Uh, the Thaw with Val Kilmer. 
she he was on Netflix Lost in Space as just one of the colonists. Um, but nowadays he's in Hallmark films. Yeah, a step up. I mean, uh... so now like they're all hung over, and so the nurse is giving them high, you know, IVs to hydrate them. Oh, this is ridiculous. This movie never ends, Carl. It's like I a know, runaway it train. It doesn't. It doesn't, and it's not going to get better. But our third act will be full of medical drama and emergencies, and that will kind of give us the vibe like it's a good film for a quick second. How do you handle movies like this, Carl? I mean, okay, I just I mean, got my ad I was telling you about. Did you get one? Okay, no, not yet. What should I do? Go ahead, girl. Oh, nothing. Okay, my ad's over already. It was one of those seven-second ones. I think the audience is somehow going to get off with us, and I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, watch it on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube. I'm at 106.02.3.4. I'm at 105. Darn it. Tell me again your time. 106.13. Okay, tell me when you're at 23. Okay, sounds good. 20, 21, 2, 23. Okay, I am back in sync with you. Great. Yeah, they're all leaving the table and they left. Well, because Marlon was being a real sexist pig. Like, you were dancing naked and I missed it. Let me see your titties. And she's like, fuck you, Marlon. And they leave. And then sexy girl is like, oh, the girls are leaving. I guess that means I have to leave with them. And so she gets so up and leaves. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll show. Oh, no, they're leaving. I won't. This movie is great, Carl. What a great pick. I yeah, think. what a great movie. Now we're getting a segment in which everyone's sleepy, tired from being overworked. And that will be our segment. And it doesn't no. lead anywhere. It doesn't do anything. They got folders. Oh, what a nice kiss. Here you go. Time to make the donuts. We're all so, over. Look at that hand. That's the joke. Oh, what more? Uh <laughs> same so just room keep getting it over and over and over and over it's the same room carl they only yeah. shot in one room now she goes i need someone to look at my breasts sometimes okay. it's funny most of the time it is not funny you're jealous of the head wound guy at this point <laughs> at least he's delirious we comedic, comedic bit. Here comes another comedic bit. Well, I, you know, I don't know if you know. I went to pre. I was pre med intern. Oh, were you? Yeah, I, I learned how to be a pre med intern. It's really interesting. Uh huh. They get paid. Oh, toast face. Lots of funny. I'm sleepy. Okay, now he goes. There's a guy with an erection. And so they're, you know, like one of those Viagra too long erections. So they're like, I'll take the erection. 
that's standing attention. They've been the same sleepy people, right? We've seen the same people sleeping in different locations. Yeah. Oh my god, this film. Yeah, I know. So now we find out that okay, this nurse, her big plan. Her name's Carly, by the way, and she's in Hallmark movies nowadays, but she had a bit of a career. Carly Pope is her name, and she was in The Collector. She was in Suits. She was in Arrow, and nowadays she's in Hallmark. But she set us up before, like, she was going to be a nurse in Kenya, then she was going to move on to be a nurse in, uh, she mentioned someplace in Europe, but she was going to travel the world as a nurse, and she got her papers or whatever to go to africa but now she's like but i kind of love you so we're gonna get a whole not Good. moving romance thing here carl are you a fan of those 70s movies about night nurses you know like the know. nurses i don't know it it was Samuel Z. Arkoff. It was like these. Roger Corman made a series of New Line Cinema films where it was like the naughty nurses. And there was also stewardess <laughs> movies. But it was a kind of formulaic film where. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I guess I was not a fan of those. I don't think I've ever seen even one. I don't think I've seen any of them. You know, the like, naughty I've nurse seen the night for it. <laughs> yeah. By day, they're stewardess. By night, nurses. They have sex. Um, right. Dave Thomas, one of the serious bugaboos, pet peeves of Dave Thomas is like other countries make a movie and then they send it to the United States. But what Canada does is it sends all its talent to the United States and the movies are made in the U.S. You know, he was like, we need to make movies here in Canada and then release them in the U.S. If we're going to have a serious film industry. I don't think the government made Jim Carrey move to the United States. No, L.A. did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's opportunity in the States. So that's what Dave Thomas is saying. What we need to do is have a strong um, industry and let our movies be shown in the States. Now, um, he's complaining. He, I already told you the thing, like, the government will give you 75%. you got to come up with the other 25%. That's right. really wrong. He also says that the government funds the making of the film the distribution of the film, but they don't fund the marketing. So he got called to court to speak in front of the Canadian government. Why was this film a flop? And it, he had to say, because you guys don't market it. You spent $250,000 on marketing. That's nothing. He says, you might as well put those into savings bonds and give them to your kids. You'll make more money that way. Really? The government held a trial. Why was your movie not popular? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I, uh, piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> Rude. Uh, uh, exterior okay. shot, hanging out, putting their chairs, feet on the chairs. Usual hospital stuff. I'm so sick of this hospital and their Apple products. Yeah. That's an old well, school computer. Oh, yeah. It's Apple. The actual hardware is in that dome. You just press a button on the dome and it lights up your, your monitor. Cool. Cool. This hospital they were going to demolish, huh? 
Uh, no, there, it was being sold. So it was oh, empty yeah. until it was after the sale. And so they got an opportunity. Great. That explains uh, Dave Thomas's other movie, Chaos at the Sausage Factory, uh, The Lunatics of the Abandoned Library, Inanimate. <laughs> Uh, Ontario Fire Station hijinks before demolition. I wanted to find for you when he was in front of the uh, Canadian government defending himself, but I can't seem to find in my notes. That seemed like such a low blow to be uh, an artist, write and direct and star in a movie, and then you get money from the government and then have to go and explain to the government why it's a piece of work, a piece of art. Yeah, it wasn't successful. Oh, look at all the organs. How awful. Oof. Yeah, we're going to have an awful scene now. We're going to have Peter find out um, that... Um, uh, uh, that Mike got a blowjob, not Mike, whatever, Peter, he got a blowjob from, from Sexy Girl. And then he's going to freak out about it, and they're going to start throwing organs oh. at each other. And that will kind of get him kicked out of school, and that will lead us into our third act where they save the day and don't get kicked out. Uh, if they're going to be organ grinders, at least they got the little monkey. <laughs> In 2005, writer-director Dave Thomas testifying to the Canadian politicians at the House of Commons in Ottawa blamed the failure on the movie because TVA films mishandling of the marketing campaign. They spent $250,000 on television advertising. It's about 20 spots. Right. It is nothing for a broad-based commercial movie. You might as well save the money. You might as well put it in bonds and give it to your children. The Research House Decima surveyed Canada Canadians, and 90% had not even heard of the film. So he's got a point. He's got a point. You do three, you do two legs of this three-legged table. You don't market the film, and then you want to blame... Okay, now I'm going to stop watching because they're doing... I'll let you know when this is over. Thank you. Person. Hey, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> what am I, whole liver? They're throwing hearts at uh, each other. I've heard of kidney stones passing, but this is ridiculous. Like kidney passing? No. It's ridiculous. There's lots of Jane Doe cadavers over the years, and they... He's got a dead body as a human shield. Oh, and uh, they're basically throwing away years of research here because you can't use these organs anymore. Oh, here comes here comes Dave Thomas ready. Yep. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. oh, this guy. Yep. Now, this guy is Sam Rubinick, and he plays the father. Um, you know, we saw the mother, and now the mother's a gynecologist. Now, I was introduced this, to this guy by um, Frazier. He was like a character on Frazier for a time, but he was also, I loved him in Unforgiven. 
He would write the comic books. Wait, Unforgiven, the 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 Clint Eastwood western. Yes, he was sold as a novel. Like I'm a writer, and they would always say, "What letters and such?" And you go, "No books." And then you would see the book as a comic book. Oh, gotcha. It's been a while. So he was in Against All Odds. He was in Wall Street. He was in Bonfire of the Vanities. He was in Nixon and True Romance. He's been out there. He is totally Canadian. Now, this is interesting. He was born in a refugee camp in Germany where his father ran a Yiddish repertoire theater company. So he comes from a strong, like, Jewish theater tradition and he was raised in ontario and he um and he kept up that tradition canadian broadcasting corporation actor when he was young so basically they find out they're going to get expelled for fucking around with the organs and so the father is there to like do a payoff and save his son so the son is like, fuck that, I quit. But right. then there's like an emergency bus crash and everyone's in the ER. So he forgets that he quits and just goes down to help because he's helping people. And that will save the day and we're heading into our third act. But don't get under the illusion that we're out of here yet. This is just our no, setup. I'm, a lot I have of no delusion. Time. Trust me, even though you're telling me the third act is coming... That means we're still in the second act. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he's playing hardball with them. Like, you guys, if you guys take the blame and let my kid go, I'll make sure that you still have careers in medicine because I'm a powerful motherfucker. Look at my eyes! Oh... Uh. To which, yeah, in the end, Marlon will be like, look in my eyes. He goes, okay, we won't be doctors, but we'll always be men. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wish there was a sequel, White Coats 2. Why? The day after. <laughs> Why stop? We did, Why st we did it. We did it. He didn't have any. What are you talking about? It was my fault. I started it. Don't they reek of like all uh, organs? Look at my eyes. Yeah, don't they reek of blood? And hey, how come they we don't see the splatters on them and stuff? They must have changed the scrubs. Don't yeah, mention the word scrubs in front of there. director Dave Thomas, though. A little sensitive. It was my idea first. Scrubs. <laughs> Now, what I don't get is they go out into the hall and they agree to do the deal. Then they come in and do the deal. And then when they're on the on their way out, they're like, we're not doing the deal. It doesn't make any sense how it flipped. There's no story otherwise at this point. There is no story. What we're doing here is making a brand new story so we can have a third act. That's what we're doing. Right. That's what they're doing. What's supposed to happen in a film is there's a hero and this hero wants a goal. And then by the end of the film, he's decided he doesn't want that goal anymore. He wants something bigger and better like love or uh, your integrity, something like that. But that doesn't happen in this film. We don't get set up with the goal and then in the end, 
We just get comedic bits, and then we get a setup for sec three. He goes, I'm still cashing this check. He goes, you idiot, I'll just cancel the check. He goes, is there no integrity? <laughs> oh, back hanging out at the commissary. Yeah, and he goes, I've quit. Now, I forget what it is. I think it's a bus crash. Why don't you turn it up and we'll hear what is it's, the... Wait a minute. He's going to quit in the commissary and then they're going to be like, hey, guys, there's a bus crash? Right, right. Dad coming for you nicely. I wish my dad would do that for me. Oh, no. Who cares about your dad? All right, your dad is a douchebag. <laughs> so what do you want to do first? Go get drunk or register for welfare? Huh. Why not both? Out and he's quitting. Now look, she is weird. He's like, "What's the big deal, guys?" She's like, "Completely inappropriate and has no payoff." Did she just say, "Let's get laid"? I'm not following it. Yep, yep. It's bad writing. She's like out of left field, saying, "What's the big deal, guys?" Well, and then this scene will end with. Radar getting on the phone, paging Mike Hunt. <laughs> Bus crash. I didn't really think that through. Thanks for joining the party, Richard. What about okay, Dr. Mike Hawk? Okay. Do you like him? Where's closing all the doctors can get here? Let's move. Oh. Well, I 76 it. car pileup, according to the. Oh, uh, okay. That's what it was. So it was a bus and 75 other vehicles. I guess so. 75 car pile up. They're all coming in. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking people. Jesus Christ. 76 car pile up? How is that possible? I see one car hitting another car, and then maybe a third another. car hitting like that an car. Accordion. Well, like in Grand Theft Auto, when you throw like a grenade in the freeway? So now we're not going to get a series of comedic bits. We're going to get a series of serious bits in which they're saving this one, they're saving that one, and the tone of our film is completely, well, not. it's always been all over the place, but they will continue the tradition of having the tone of the film all over the place because now they're, um, that show ER instead of Scrubs. But... Doesn't this film deserve to have the ER moment? Like any kind of comedy, they need this gravitas to kind of. No, show. it does not deserve. No, you have a film. The film has a tone, and you play out your. Otherwise, you confuse your audience, and you make them feel emotionally weird. Huh. No, but I mean, imagine if you were watching The Notebook. And then there was uh, like a, a surf two kind of gross out scene. It, they don't go. You need a right, warm yeah. tone to your film in order for the audience to be satisfied. Uh, turn it up. You'll hear no jokes. Go ahead. Turn it up. Wait, it's right. Black, huh? Black is beautiful. All right. Okay. Do, do, do. That is hilarious. Yeah, he gets like that's cool. Like they get to do the document. Oh, remember that scene where he threw up on and dropped the clamp in there? Yeah. No masks. No masks. No masks. They don't have time, Carl. They have gloves. 
I think I've oh, everything I can about this film. This is interesting. There's a woman, I don't know who it is. Her name's Ray Rochelle Lowen, but her right. credits in the script is Buxom Nurse. That's her character. Oh, well, God That's bless. <laughs> uh, Mike Barnard, Peter Oldring. He was in Deep Impact. He was in Infinite. He was in... He played Farrah Fawcett's gay assistant in the television film Hollywood Live. Wife, wives. I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I'm done telling you about this. Okay. Well, Carl, let's let's talk about movies we like that take place in hospitals. Okay. Can I recommend a movie? Yes. It's called Britannica Hospital. I saw it with my father. It was an early '80s film about uh, a hospital as a parody of British hospitals. Okay. It had Malcolm McLaren, uh, Dowell. It had uh, uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, was in it and it was like a day of the life and this doctor was creating like a genesis uh project and these people wanted to tear it down and it was really funny like that movie i liked this is no britannica hospital i can't find a pen to write it down so i'm gonna put it in my cell phone should i see okay. it you're yeah. suggesting yes britannica it, uh, it's a really and it's all over the place, but it never stops being funny, and it never stops being a, a satire and a really sharp parody. Like, because they have all these different classes, you know, it's a British class comedy uh, parody. It's just really funny. There's a strike in the hospital. The rich people get better treatment. You know, there's a now DJ. We find, now we find out that Dan Aykroyd is not, he's a PhD, not a doctor. They're like, good thing you're here, doctor. You got to help. And he goes... I'm a doctor like Dr. Phil is a doctor. I am happy, yes, I know you'll do a good job. Carry on, fellas. I am not a crook. Now, oh. Carry On films, there was Carry On Nurse. I never saw it, but apparently that's another hospital film. Yeah, sure. Uh, Young Doctors in Love, Gary Marshall parody of uh, soap operas from the early 80s. One right. of the first ABC motion picture movies. Now, here we have a moment of comedy. She goes like, she's like, am I going to die? And he goes, well, actually, there is a 7% chance in this procedure you will die. And then the, you know, Mitzi is like, you're not going to die. <laughs> that is, ew. Yep, and they don't give you any warning. Oh, what a mistake, Carl. What a big boner that was. <laughs> with them wow you've got a huge boner but not in a good way <laughs> the good news or the bad news good news son well <laughs> touch on the back you've got a boner <laughs> yikes that bone marrow is delicious though mm, roasted mm -mm. i can't watch this scene all the other stuff i can watch Shit well, on the guy, no problem. Serious medical stuff now. That's, you know, you do this, go get that. You help her, you... And then they're going to make it worse that there is a car crash right outside of the ER. And Dave oh. Thomas is laying on the ground. Oh, no. Now they've so got to help. Yeah. Are you sure it's just not his acting? <laughs> Lifeless. 
Oh. All right, look, they're shaking hands. Well, no, they're saying we've got to get past this. You gave Mitzi, Mitzi gave you a blowjob thing, so you have to pray with me. And he's like, dear God, don't let Mitzi give any more blowjobs. Always on Mitzi's expense. Speaking of polls, oh, they get. Maybe the crash wow, this is cool. right now. This is like having your own hospital to shoot in. This is where it comes cool. They can go through the front doors, the emergency doors. Yeah, right. Ambulance behind it. Now watch. Here it comes. Here it comes. Because Dave Thomas just walked outside, so it's probably going to happen right now. Oh wait, Ooh, turn, this up. turn this up. This is really funny. Absolutely, I do. All right, sir. You're all set. The nurse will be by to discharge you. Okay. Will I ever see you again? <laughs> that was funny. Well, yeah, you turned it up just a little late because she says some like badass stuff, you know. Oh, I got to. Yeah, and he like falls for her. Will I ever see you again? Wait, what happened to this guy? He got a skiing? He's got a ski pole in his chest. And because he was on the car and it went into, oh, there's the crash. And he ends up being a billionaire who's going to come to the hospital. Oh, no. Is this in the Wendy's? <laughs> That's that burned him. When you insult someone, it's called a burn, right? Like, you, yes. you, oh, you got burned. Burn. So when they ha show a random burn victim at the beginning of the film, my joke was that someone must have really insulted them. Oh, that's what your joke was. Because they were a burn victim. What a burn. <laughs> but I regret it. I'm bringing it up now because that person actually got burned, Carl. No, I'm no, making light of that. That was a script. It was an actor. Oh, it was, it was in the movie. script. He's like, here's a random burn victim. So Peter takes charge now and goes, he's not the only patient in this hospital. Let's go. Well, I'm all out of patients, personally. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Don't worry, we're ending. Okay, now, they've got it under control. They have taken the 76-car pileup victims. And now, who comes in but Dave Foley at the last minute, thinking that it's just a normal day. So he's going to be a... Dick! Uh, Who authorized you to operate on this person? Why do I feel like these conversations happened while I was in surgery? Right? Like, come on, man. I don't want to see this. Tie him up. So now they're going to uh, pretend Dave, um, Dave Thomas's voice. Who authorized oh. this? He goes, I did, sir. Who said that? Is that Dave Thomas? Prove it. He goes, she goes, fuck you. He's like, what? Oh, yeah, comeuppance. She had to watch him pull this shit the entire movie, and now finally she gets to speak right. her mind. And she goes, scrub up and help us close. She goes, how dare you? Pow! He goes, oh, you want a piece of me? So now they have it out, and you think this is it, but no, they start making out. 
Oh my god. Cardiac surgeon, if you're dead, <laughs> cardiac surgeon, if you're dead. Ow! Carl, here's my reaction shot. Ooh! Yeah! It's very important in comedy to cut to the people go, ouch, that could have hurt. Oh! It's no ordinary love. Ugh! Now, if this film was funny, it would be good, even though it has so many flaws and it's plotless. This was a story arc. They hated each other throughout the entire movie. They built each other, but they're really in love with each other. Yes, Mike, you're right. I'm wrong. This film does have story arcs. <laughs> See, Carl? What were you thinking watching this four times? So now... Well, my first... <laughs> Right, without the sound. So yeah. now they've saved the day and they're getting recognized and they're not fired. And He quit, though. Oh, look, he turned out to be a billionaire and he made a large donation to this right. hospital. You know the guy with the ski pole in his chest? Oh, let's say goodbye. At Albert's Hospital and say hello to Microtech. General Hospital, a division of Unicom Good Dan Aykroyd got to say a bunch of words. Go. Okay, Carl, you can stop clapping. No, keep clapping. No, they stop clapping. Long clap. So now we get a sexy thing with Dave Thomas and the nurse. Like, you know, when I was giving you mouth to mouth, I think you slipped me the tongue. And he goes, well, that was an involuntary muscle spasm. She goes, well, if you ever have an involuntary muscle spasm again, I don't mind. And he goes, it's that's good to know. These are Ooh, movie title, movie title. Okay, Intern Academy, let's go. Right, so now it's all coming in a circle. It's the new intern. Those guys are still walking around. Luckless. That's not the right Can word. you believe it? I'm shaking my head. I can't believe it. Hey! Yeah, it's over. So now we get outtakes, which films that are good do. Meanwhile, it's like produced by the government. Carl, what do you think of this movie? Um, I did. I I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like it. I was glad to see it, and I'm a Dave Thomas fan. I'm a Dan Aykroyd fan, but I just it didn't. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, this is a complete completist. I could check off that I saw another Dan Aykroyd movie that I didn't see before, and yeah, I have a film directed by one of my heroes, and they're all, you know, yeah, we've seen the shit. That's the outtake they put in there. Yeah, the end of the movie, the character literally eats shit. <laughs> no, we eat shit. <laughs> yeah, I, but otherwise, I think this is a terrible movie. I mean, the guy vomited into a uh, uh, no. corpse. I just got to say that you didn't watch it 
with without me, you know, without with the sound, just watching it as a film. So you I, don't, I don't really know how unfunny this thing really was. Like I would tell you to turn up the thing and this is a good bit. But most all of this film was not believable of what things people would do in the real world and not funny bits. Now, Dave Thomas is hilarious. So I'm not sure how we ended up here. But we did. I mean, he wrote it. He directed it. You would.